Okay, we're going to learn the mimer um, related to what we spoke on Monday night. Um, the the um, tonight's shear is dedicated to uh, was sponsored by Yol Peso. And this is in honor of his birthday. All the shiurim of this week is in honor of his birthday. Mashem, give him a very very blessed year, a good a good year, a year of success, and much much brach and everything, much mazel and abundance. Okay. Um, also, this was dedicated by Moshe Matenbaum, Moshe Matenbaum, in honor of his father's yardsight, uh That was uh, also, I think, it was yesterday. All right, I don't have the name in front of me, but it should be for this chus. I'm sure Hashem knows what the name is. Okay, here we are. To understand with greater understanding the idea that we said earlier, Al Pasuk Vayashkim Lavan Baboker, on the Pasuk where it says that Lavan rose up early in the morning. And what's the, because he's really, this mimer is really a, an explanation on the mimer Vayashkim Lavan Baboker that's in Parsha's Vayetze in Torah Or. It says in the end of the Parsha that Lavan woke up early in the morning after he had his confrontation with Yaakov. And while they were ready to leave, and Lavan kisses his children and his daughters, which means his grandchildren, the boys, and his daughters. Um, so over there, the Alter Rebbe discusses what this means, spiritually. Um, over here, the Tzemach Tzedek is going to add further explanation on, on that idea of Ayashkin Lavan Baboiker. Gamash Akasov, also we need to understand something else that says in the end of the parish. It was when Rachel gave birth to Yosef. So Yaakov says to Lavan, send me to my place. Let me go back home. Yaakov works for seven years for one, for one of the, his wives. Then he w- works for another seven years for another one of his wives. And then he, he tells Lavan, uh, please send me to... Um, uh, after 14 years, he tells, um, what's his um, Lavan, let me go home. In the end, he didn't leave yet. In the end, they ended up staying another six years because they made up that Lavan wanted him to stay. He said, I want to pay you your wages. You didn't get anything yet. You know, when are you going to make a living? You have to support your family. Till now, you only paid off what you owed me for the girls, for, the, for your wives, but no. So uh, he ended up staying for another seven years. Six years. Altogether, he worked for 20 years. Two times seven, 14, and another six. And then he runs away. Then he ran away, he escaped. But the first time he asked for permission. Um, but it says in the Pasuk that he asked for permission after Yosef was born. So even though technically you can say the reason why he asked to leave after Yosef was born, because that's when the seven years were over. The seven years that he had to work for 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 um, for Rachel, the extra seven years, and Yosef was born at that time, so that's why once he finished his his, his obligation, he said he wants to go. But from the persik, from the pasuk, from the verse, it seems to imply that it was because Yosef was born. That's why Yaakov says, "Let me go." So Rashi gives already an explanation, and Rashi says. It's because until he didn't have Yosef, he was afraid of Esav. Because when he's leaving now, one of the reasons he went to Haran 
was that he was out of Esau's sight. Esau is not going to bother him. But now that he's going back to Eretz Yisrael, so he's going to come back into the radar of Esau. Esau is going to be provoked and come out to fight him, like we see happens next week, Parsha, when Yaakov comes back. Esau is coming towards him with 400 men. So Yaakov was afraid of Esau until Yosef was born. Once Yosef was born, he had Yosef with him, the power of Yosef, he wasn't afraid of Esau. Because Yosef is considered a flame, a blaze of fire, and he can burn the Esau, which even though Esau looks to be very big, he's really a whole bunch of straw, nothing more but straw. Okay, that's a simple meaning. But there must be also a deeper meaning, another meaning, why Yaakov needed to have Yosef before he told Lavan, let me, send me off to my place. Why didn't he ask before? Why did he wait for Yosef to be born? Another thing that we need to understand, it says in the name of the Magid. And we discussed this on Monday night. It's stated in the Sefer Or HaMeir. That the reason why Lavan chased after Yaakov was because when Yaakov worked in Lavan's house, he cleaned up all the sparks of holiness that were there. And there were many, many sparks of holiness. But he left over a tiny little bit of these, of sparks, which were, which were then l- manifesting as letters of the Torah. So there were letters of the Torah that were in the possession of Lavan. So when Yaakov left, he had everything with him, but he had something left over. So being that he left it, Lavan came running after him to give it to him. Because he did not extract those sparks, those letters from Lavan. So for that reason, Lavan chased after Yaakov. Give him the letters that remained by him. And what happened to those letters? As we learned on Monday, this whole parsha was added in the Torah. Which parsha? This parsha of of love and chasing after Yaakov, this was not meant to be initially. I mean, this was added to the Torah because of the letters that Lavan gave to Yaakov. Maybe there's a few hundred letters, whatever. Lavan gave them back to Yaakov. These letters found their way into the Torah. And they, which letters are they? They're the letters of the last quarter, let's say, of Parshas Vayetze that talks about the chase of Lavan after Yaakov. And that's his way of giving back the letters. It becomes the narration of the Torah of the story. Okay, that's what the Maggit says. This is the words of the Maggit. The Lachayra Tamuat seems to be very questionable. The question is like this Yaakov was in no hurry. Yaakov stayed 20 years in Lavan's house. And we know that Yaakov paid dearly for these 20 years. Because later he was going to be separated from Yosef, the same amount of time that he was separated from his parents. But yet Yaakov stayed there long. Why did he stay there long? Because he knew he has a job to do. He can't leave before the job is done. What's the job? It's to extract and elevate all the sparks of holiness that are love. So if he's already staying there to finish, why doesn't he finish it completely? Why does he leave over a few things undone? To the point 
that we have to have the whole drama and the whole, and the whole scare of Lavan chasing after him. He could have taken it, and then Lavan would have not come after him. Beshvil, Lavan and Nitzutzim Yaakov stayed over there in order to elevate sparks. Velam Hishar and Nitzutzim Elo, why did he leave over these sparks? Veloy Bidiram, he didn't rectify them. Achohuchrich Lias Halasam, until they needed to be elevated, Al Yadesha Radav Lavan Achro, through Lavan chasing after him. Why would this be? The Yuvan calls Abahagdim. So we'll understand all of this by first prefacing. Pidish, Brachari, Shoyna, Deshmane Esrei. Something in the first blessing of Shmona Esrei. So we'll understand this whole day by, by, by noticing something in the first blessing of Shmona Esrei. When we say Shmona Esrei, we say, Lekei Avraham, the God of Avraham. Ke Yitzchak, the God of Yitzchak. Ke Yaakov, the God of Yaakov. And then we start describing things about Hashem. Agadol, Akel, a God who is Agadol, is great. Hagibor is mighty, Vahanora, and he's awesome. Kel Elyon, an exalted God. The question is, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov being, being, um, being uh, loyal subjects of Hashem, and that they submitted to Hashem, and they accepted God as their God, accepted Hashem as their Hashem, that's a nice thing. But that should come after we describe Hashem's essential power. In other words, we want to describe who this great, we're talking to Hashem, we want to praise Him. We should say, you God Almighty, God, great, awesome, wonderful, super God, who is also the God of Avram, the God of Yitzhak, and the God of Yaakov. And that makes more sense. You start first by praising Him with things that are essential of who He is. And then you'll add on that he happens to be, you know, Yankel served him, and Moshe served him, and all these people. Um, it's like a person comes into for a job, and he brings a, a, a uh, you send in a resume. So what do you do in a resume? First you write your qualities, why you think you, do, you should get the job, what you qualify for, where you learned, which school you learned, your experience, what type of person you are, why you feel that you are the right person for the job. And on the bottom you say, and by the way, Yankel knows me, and Chayim knows me, and this one knows me, here's that telephone number and their email, you can call them and find out about me. And you go references. So the references add later, after you have the description of who it is, then you add the references. You don't put the references on the top before you even begin. Because references is external to something more internal about who you are. So when it comes to Hashem, the fact that he's the God of Avram, he's the God of Yitzchak, and he's the God of Yaakov, these are references. Oh, it's not only me, it's not only me that is, a, that is, that is, that is Hashem's, now it's a yeshiva already. See? Um, you, once you know that Hashem is, then you say the references. You know the great man Avram? This was, this was his God. You know the great man Yitzchak? This was his God too. Yaakov was his God. All, the, all these great men, they recognize this God. Oh, I understand. But we don't do that. We don't say Hakel, Hagadol, Agibar, Vanora, and then Elokei Avram, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. We say the opposite. Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov first. And then we say, Hagadol Hagimber Vahanon. 
So that's the question. That seems to be a wonder. Why do we preface the praise of the God of Avram? Before we say the praise of a Godel, which is essential praise. This that God is the God of Avram. That Avram accepted his kingship. This is not an essential praise. Why do we say this first? The idea is, is Gaval. It's going to explain over here that Hashem is not Godol, and Hashem is not Gibor, and Hashem is not Nora on his own. Because these Hagadol, Hagibor, Nora, great, powerful, awesome, anything we say, these are all terms. These are all definitions. Hashem himself cannot be defined in any definitions. As great as great is, but that itself is a limitation. To say that he's great gives, gives him some form of a description. And that's a, and that's a definition, and if it's a different definition, it's a limitation. And when we say, when we say that he's mighty, that too is a, a limitation. Anything we can say about him that describes him is a limitation. Now, hold it. If God is unlimited, and these are limitations, so why do we say them? So why do we say them at all? That means that they're not true, because Hashem is not Gadol, Hashem is not Gibor, Hashem is not Nora, because these are all descriptive descriptions on a God that can't be described. So it's not true. So why are we saying them? The answer is that it is true. But hold it, we said it's, Hashem is not Gadol, Gibor, he's higher. And the answer is both are true. He himself is not Gadol, he's not Gibor, he's, he's not Nora, because he's endlessly beyond that. But he chooses to limit himself down and to define himself into the definition of Haggadah. He chooses to contract himself and to define himself into the limitations of Hagibar. And he chooses and he, and, he, and he contracts himself to be called Vahanora, to be the awesome one. So both are true. Essentially, who he really is, is not God al-Gibar Vanora because he's infinitely higher. But by choice, and through many, many contractions, he contracts his infinite light to be seen as someone who is God Gibor, Nora, and all the other descriptions that we ascribe to him. Now, based on this, he's going to explain later, not yet, later, why we say, Elokei Avram, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov first. Because in order for God to become Gadol, in order for Him to become Gibor, in order for Him to become Vahanora, when He is way above that, He needs someone to coach Him into doing that. Because for Him, as we say, just say, in the place where we find His greatness, that's where we find His humility. He's humbling Himself to be considered great. He's it. Even though He's infinitely great, that too is a humility upon Him. To say that he is that he is great, he is way, 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 infinitely, endlessly, boundlessly beyond that, beyond Gadol, Gibor, and Nora. So he has to yeah, he, what? Is it yeah? It's a descent. So who causes him? And why does Hashem do, do that? Because He wants a relationship with the creation. Why does He want a relationship with the creation? Because Avram makes Him want to have a relationship with the creation. 
Because Yitzchak is so beautiful that, he that God, Yitzchak, makes Hashem want to have a relationship with the creation. And the same is also Yaakov. So if, if God would not be a lokei Avraham, he would not be a lokei Yitzchak, a lokei Yaakov, he would not be Gadol Gibar Vanora. So that's why we have to say, Hagadol Vagibar Vanora before, I'm sorry, that's why we have to say, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, before we say, Hagadol Vagibar Vanora. Because that precedes it. It's Avram's avoda that makes Hashem be Gadol. And when we say Avram, we mean Avram and all the Nishamas that are serving Hashem in the manner in which Avram served Hashem, which is through Chesed. And then all the Nishamas that serve Hashem through Yitzchak, through the manner in which Yitzchak served Hashem, which is through Gevura, uh, whatever, it's prayer and the like, we cause Hashem to lower himself down to be called Hagibor. And through the people that serve Hashem in the Midah of Yaakov, and Yaakov, of course, we, 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 Hashem comes down to be considered Vahanora and the Awesome One. Okay, that, that's the main idea of the answer. But before that, he says, let's understand that when we say Hagadol Hagibor Vahanora during Davening, during Shemona Esrei, it's really something very powerful. Because earlier in the Davening, we also mentioned Gadol. But over there, we mention it in a feminine form. We say, Lacha Hashem Hagidullah. To you, Hashem, is greatness. Vahagavura and might vahateferes and and splendor which is the same idea of vahanora because nora is teferes for whatever reason but the only difference between how we list it earlier where by vayvarech david in the earlier part of davani by vayvarech david we list the same sefirot obviously this is this is alluding to the sefiros to the attributes we list the same sefiros but we list them over there in feminine terms, we add a hey at gedulah gavura teferes, as opposed to in Shmona Esrei we say hagadol, not hagedulah, hagadol, hagibor v'hanayra. So why? What's the repetition two times? And the answer is, the gadol gibor v'hanora in Shmona Esrei is much higher than the gedulah gavura teferes during Vayvarech David. See, over there it's in feminine terms because over there we're talking about the kalim, the vessels. See, we know again, Gadol, Gibar, and, and Nora is Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, which are the attributes through which Hashem emanates and channels His goodness, His kindness, and every, all His blessings to the world. They come through the spheres, through the attributes. But... We learned so many times that the attributes consist of vessels, kalim, and or, and energy. Energy and vessels. The vessels are what, are the limitation, the boundaries. That which makes gadol, makes chesed be only chesed. And, 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 and the vessel of gavura is what defines the gavura to be limited gavura, And the so on. The vessels are the real limitation. The light is just a, is the simple power of God Himself. The, so the light is much higher than the vessels, more powerful than the vessels. When we say gedulah, gevura, teferes, we're talking about the vessels. That's why we're calling them feminine, because vessels are feminine in the sense that they're mekablim, 
What's, what's the idea of man and woman? Woman is the vessel. She's the recipient. She's receiving. The man is the energy. He's mashpia. He puts the energy. The woman is the vessel, the container. So therefore, when it says gedula, gavura, teferes, we're talking about the feminine side of the attributes. What are they? It's the kalim. The kalim of the... Chasham of the. When we're speaking we're talking about the investment of the oil in the vessels. And that's why the difference between gedulah, really, let's think about it. Gedulah means to you, God, is greatness. So we're talking about greatness as a thing. We're describing an element called greatness. And we're saying, God, you have that quality called greatness. You have that quality called gevura. So we're talking about a thing. Greatness, gevura, an entity. And you, Hashem, have it. When we say Hagadol, we're not speaking about greatness. We're describing the being that is great. We're saying you are great. Not greatness is to you. You are great. Godol, you are great. Gibor, you are strong. It's like the difference between Chachma and Chacham. What's the difference? Chachma means wisdom. Chacham, we don't say on wisdom. Chacham, we say on the person who has wisdom. We say he's a Chacham. Chachma is wisdom. Same over here. Gedula is Chesed. Gevura is that's the keli. That's the, but when we're speaking about Hashem Himself, we're saying, Hagadol, you are great. What does that mean? But hold it, God is not great. Yeah, when God funnels His infinite light into chesed, then He is called Gadol. When Hashem funnels His infinite light into Gevura, then He is called Gibor. When Hashem funnels His infinite light into Teferes, then He is called Vahanora. And the awesome one. So that's the difference. See, you already can see the progression during davening. In the beginning of davening, we're just relating to the spheros, to the attributes, but not to the origin of the attributes. Just the attributes. And then by Shmona Esrei, we're referring already not just to the attributes, but to Hashem as He is invested in those attributes. That's why it becomes masculine. It's a much higher. We're dealing with chesed far greater than chesed was before. Okay. Now, he's going to explain. I'm just I'm making a little synopsis before we learn it inside so you'll understand it better. Now, for both these things, for the, for the attributes to be attributes. Now, the attributes themselves, even, with ad, even without Hashem's infinite light being imbued in them, the attributes themselves are also godly. They're Hashem's attributes. So Hashem has to lower Himself down to create those vessels, to emanate those vessels. And then after He emanates the vessels, there's a stage number two, that He Himself enters into those vessels. Number one, He emanates the vessels. Number two, not only does He emanate the vessels, but He Himself is nimshach, is drawn into those vessels. And now the vessels, now the spheros are much far more powerful, far greater. Both these actions require Hashem's humility. Number one, even just to emanate the vessels needs His humility. Why should He even emanate these emanations? It requires Hashem's humility and contraction. And then that He Himself should dress Himself in those clothing, in those garments, 
requires another time, a tzimtzum, a contraction, and a... So for these two avodas, for these two jobs, I, I need a balance. I want to get, and I get a. So for these two, um, um, what's it called again? Um, for these two hamshachis, uh, 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 for Hashem to emanate the attributes, and then for Him to enter into those attributes, we need to have Hashem has to be, so to speak, He set up the system that He wants us to stimulate Him into that. That we should encourage Him. Number one, that He should. That there should be gedula, gavura, teferes. That, that there should be gedula, gavura, teferes. Even, even, just, even just as kalim requires avoda, requires the, the creations. Because oh, again, Hashem doesn't need these attributes. Quite on the contrary. For Him, the attributes is a very, 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 contra- is nothing. The attributes are meaningless. The only reason He emanates these attributes is that we need them. So we have to stimulate them. So number one, we have to stimulate that Hashem should emanate the kalim, the vessels. And number two, we have, to, we have to stimulate that Hashem Himself should imbue Himself into those vessels. These two, Isarusa de Latata, what's called arousal from below, are both done from within the creation. But two different beings. The malachim, the angels, are the ones who stimulate continuously to get God to emanate, to emanate the sfirot, the attributes. When the malachim sing shira to Hashem all day long, they cause, they keep God, so to speak, interested in the creation. And therefore Hashem sustains the attributes, keeps the attributes in place. But, but the best the malachim can do is just keep the attributes as feminine attributes. Gedula, gavura, teferis, meaning just these vessels, containers, which... If, if, if the attributes are there, creation could be sustained, creation could continue. Without the attributes, you have no creation. With the attributes, you can have creation. But there is not that much blessing in the world. Because it's just a minimal trickle of energy that's flowing through the attributes. Just basic, bare survival. And that's what the malachim create. Then comes the avoda of the neshamas, of the Jewish souls. Our prayers go much deeper. Because our prayers reach Hashem Himself and they pull God Himself into those vessels. Hashem Himself becomes nimshach and drawn into the kalim. So that the chesed is not called gedulah, but now we can say, you are gadol. God Himself, you are gadol. That gevura is not just called gevura, it's hagibor, you are gibor. And the attribute is not just Teferes, but that you are Teferes. Or like we say, Vahanoira, you're the awesome one. Because Hashem is there. And that's the avoda of the Nishamas of the souls. They reach much deeper. They bring the ore into the vessels. That's why it's Gavaldic. You realize that the first time you say in Vavarech David, Lacha Hashem Hagadula Vagavura Vateferes. There we're not yet talking about our avoda. What does it say immediately after? Let me read it to you. Right? 
אהבת משהו כל, ויחזור כך ויחזור כך, ויחזור כך, ויחזור כך, ויחזור כך, We say further, Utzva Hashemah Atosis Hashemayim, you made the heavens, Ushmei Hashemayim, Utzva Hashemayim and the heavenly hosts, L'chom Mishtachavim, they're bowing down to you. Who is that referring to? The Malachim, the angels. The heavenly hosts, the hosts of heaven. They're bowing down to God all day long. What are they called? Hagadol, Hagib, I'm sorry, they cause Hagadulav, Hagavura, Hatiferos. Then at the end of Ayvarech David, at the end of Avarachim, we say, Ato hu Hashem alokim asher bocharto ba'avram. You are God, you have chosen Avram. Ah, once Hashem has made a choice in Avram, now it's already much deeper. The angels in heaven, they cause, they cause the worlds to be, to be sustained. But if we want real, powerful blessing in the world, for that God chooses Avram and his descendants. That's why later, after we say, and we talk about the avoda of the nishamas, of the souls, like when we say Shema Yisrael, eventually we come to Shemona Esrei, and guess what? We look at the very same sefirah as we said before, but now we don't see a pair of pants hanging in Hashem's closet. Now we see Hashem wearing his pants. That's the difference. The sefirot is a pair of pants in the closet. It's God has. Gavura, he has a shirt, he has a pants, he has a this, he has socks, he has shoes. That's nice. Well, that's wonderful. But now we have you, God. That you're dressed in all of this. Hagadol agibay v'anoira. Oh, for that, elokei Avraham, elokei Yitzchak, elokei Yaakov. After Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov, instead of gidula, gavura, teferes, what do we have now? We have oil in the keli. The vessels are not feminine anymore. Now they're masculine because it means they have the mashpia too. The full light flowing in. That's the idea. Now let's read it inside. The idea of gedula is You have over there right next to you. The essence of the midah, the copy of chesed of atzilus, it's called gedula. It means the attribute. Omidas ha-gvura, what's gvura? Nikra gvura. And the attribute of gvura, that's called gvura. Avo pidish ha-godoy la-gibor, when we say godol gibor, enoy etzama mida levad. That's not the essence of the mida, of the, of the, of the attribute itself. Kiim rather, masha oirein tsoifaruchu mislabbeish bahamida. We're not dealing with, the, with, as we said before, like Hashem's shirt. We're talking about him wearing a shirt. He is called Gadol. He is Gadol. Not there is a shirt. Gdula. That the, the Orein Soif himself is mislabish bahamida. He's enclosed in the Mida. Achanikra Gadol. He's called great. Lefisha mislabish bahamida. Gadula. He's enclosed in the attribute of Gadula. Kamashanikra Chacham. Like he's called the Chacham. Misha Oisek Pachachma. The one that is Oisek in Chachma. Just like for as we said earlier, there is chachma, there is wisdom, and then there is the chacham, a person who is studying the wisdom. He he is now a chacham. This is what we mean. It says in Zohar that God is one, he and his energies, his life forces, and his garments are one. The garments are the garments. These are the vessels. The life forces, that's the oil that goes into the garment. 
Pidish garmiu hem bechenes hakelim. These are the kelim. Chesed gevura. Vezeru bechenes hagedula vahagevura. That's gedula and gevura. Vaafa pisha and alakusa yisbarach. And even though they too are godly, because ultimately we said he is one with the vessels. So even the vessels, what are the vessels made out of? It's also made up of, of Hashem, but it's only an external, external, external ray of him, the vessels. You can't compare the vessels of how Hashem is one with his life forces, with the emanations, with the energy, with the oil that goes into Chesed. The oil that goes into the Keli. And for that he's called Godoil and Gibor. And therefore, Gedula, Gavura, Lasha, Nekeva. Gedula and Gavura is Lasha, Nekeva, in feminine terms. Because the vessels, they are female in the sense that they're recipients, they're receiving. Because on God Himself, He said earlier, you can't describe any of these attributes. You can't say he's kind. In essence, lav, because the Zohar says, lav mikol inon midos iu klal. Hashem is not of any of these midos. midos ba'adam, and not like a person's midos. Our midos are ingrained, engraved in the very essence of who we are. So, for, for example, if someone is a kind person, they can't slip out of their kindness just like that and say, you know what? And, and detach themselves from their kindness. If you're kind, that's who you are. If you're a very st- strict person, that's who you are. You can't just undo it. But Hashem can undo Himself from the attributes in an instant. Because they're just clothing. It's an external thing to Him. They're the very, very, they're carved into who we are. Which isn't the case above. That's when we say gedula gevura. That's why they're only feminine. These are sephiros that receive from God. They're not. It, we can't describe Hashem that way. But that's when we say gedula. But when we say hagadol, hagadol means we are describing Him as being gadol, not greatness. But you are great. That's because He lowers Himself down into the attribute, and when He lowers Himself down into the attribute, He and the attribute become one. He becomes kind. He becomes Gevuridik. Is the enclosement of the Orin Soif, Baruch literally the Orin Soif, Bahakeli into the vessel. And behold, In order that there should be this Islapshus, it's through a serusa delatata, an arousal from a below, from the avais. Now, in order for this to happen, in order for Hashem Himself to enclose Himself into the, into the vessels, that requires that we should co- coax Him into that. We should excite Him into that. We should draw Him in. Because on His own, He retracts back into his undefined, unreachable, unknowable, un whatever, un, 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 un beyond personality state, the infinite, endless state. So the, the, the others, they're called the chariot. What does a chariot do? A chariot, one of the functions of a chariot is it brings a person down from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain, it carries him down. It carries him up, it also carries him down. So in this case, 
to carry God down from the infinite high into the attributes, that's what the chariot functions. So he's now going to say, however, there's two levels of chariot. There's two chariots. Because we know that the Ava is there, the chariot, but we also know that there's a chariot of Malachim. Generally, when we speak about the chariot, we speak about the, the ox and the, and the lion and the, and the eagle and the man. These are, these are the chariot. And that's angelic beings. Angels. They're the chariot. So what are, what's the difference between the chariot of the angels and the chariot of, of the Avais? So we're going to see now the chariot of the Avais is on a much higher level than the chariot of the angels. First of all, the chariot of the angels is in the Olam HaBriya, in the world of Briya, in the world of creation. The chariot of the Avais is in the world of emanation, the world of Atsilas, which is endlessly higher than Briya, number one. Number two, the, the, the impact of the chariot, the effect of the chariot is different. The Malachim, as we said earlier, they, they, again, the chariot is, as we said earlier, to draw down. But what the, what the Malachim do is they keep the spheros in operation. They keep the attributes. Fun- See, the attributes themselves would dissolve. Because we said before, the attribute too is a godly power. It's a godly, it's an infinite power of God that is materializing as, a, as an attribute. It's kind of, and by do, how is it doing that? It's kind of by limiting itself and defining itself and contracting itself down. Being that that's the case, why would it do that? Naturally, everything wants to like free itself. Why would it want to imprison itself into something definable? So it needs something to constantly bring it into that definition. That is what the Malachim do. Through their, why? Very simple. Because again, what's the point of having these functional, these attributes? It's for the function of connecting in, Connecting God to the creation. The creation is fixed and finite and defined. So the energy has to somehow make its transition from the Ein Sof into a world. How is that going to happen? So it goes through these attributes. The attributes give definition and form to the otherwise sim- simple, un- 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 unde- undesigned energy. Right? So that's what they do. Oh, so what is going to make God continue that project? That he should lower his energies down. That's if the creation is satisfying, is, satis- is satisfactory to him. If God is getting something out of his creation. What is God getting out of his creation? They're serving him. So by the Malachim singing to him, praising him, bowing down to him, surrendering to him, that makes the creation interesting desirable that God should continue to sustain it. The problem is that since the angels are not in physical bodies, so the fact that they are serving Him and praising Him and doing that is not that entertaining. So even though it's enough to keep the worlds going, that God should continue sustaining the worlds, it's not enough to get God fully engaged. To get God fully engaged you need something more exciting happening on the planet. And what is more exciting? Oh, when you have a human being who naturally would be drawn into 
non-compliance or non-serving God. You know? Naturally, the person's heart pulls him in all other directions. And when against all that gravitational earthy pull, the person rips himself away from whatever this body wants and desires and bends and yields to God's desire, wow, that's really interesting. That makes that not only does Hashem sustain the creation, but Hashem fully invests Himself in the creation. That's the next state of Hagadol, Hagibar, Vahanoira, not Gedula, Gevura, Teferes. Malachim cause Gedula, Gevura, Teferes. Neshamis cause Hagadol, Hagibar, Vahanoira. It's two levels. See? One is the attributes themselves, and one is the attributes with the or, with the light inside. This idea is going to explain now. Which has two meanings to it. Number one is, Olam Chesed Yibana means the world is built on Chesed. Olam Chesed Yibana. That the world is built on Chesed. There's another meaning. Olam, if God wants to make a world, Chesed Yibana. He has to constantly construct kindness. Because the, meaning he has to make the spheros all the time. Because the worlds cannot, the worlds, in order for them to be worlds, cannot receive directly from the Ein Sof. Because then they would be infinite, just like the Ein Sof is infinite. So there has to be something that adjusts the energy. What is that? The spheros. And what's the main sphera from all the attributes? Chesed, the first. So what it's saying is, Olam, for the purpose of the world, Chesed yibana, that chesed has to be constructed. Chesed has to be built. Who builds the chesed? So he's going to explain that the chesed has to be built continuously. Perpetually. All the time he has to build the spheres. Yibana lashen hoive. The word yibana means continuously. Shetzadach is talmid. There has to be all the time. Binyan vam shachas. A construction and a drawing forth. She is hava midas chesed. The attribute of chesed should be built. Because Hashem is not of any of these middos. So he has to continuously construct these middos. Who causes this? That, that, that he should construct. And how does he, again, how does he construct these attributes? By freezing his energy, so to speak. He's freezing it into, into a form. That's that's like that's limiting it. Opinion zevam shachazu and this construction and this drawing forth In order for the midas to be built, there has to be over here. There's a mistake. It appears like, and I fixed it. Instead of yesaid, it needs to be yichud abba ve'ima. There has to be the yichud of father and mother. In other words, the the, the main thing that we're looking for are the midas. Chesed, these are the building blocks of creation are the seven midos. Chesed, Gevura, Teferet, these are the building blocks. But in order that they should exist, you need, we know that the midos are called the children that come from the father and the mother of Chachmem Bina. So there needs to be a union between Chachmem Bina and only when there's a union of Chachmem Bina can the, can the emotions exist, can Chesed exist. What's the significance? What's the deeper meaning that there has to be a union between Chachmem Bina? And the idea is as follows. Chachma is called ayin, nothingness. Chachma emerges from nothingness. 
Because Chachma is still the state where what's sensed in Chachma, what's sensed in Chachma? In Sof. Chachma is the first recipient. Chachma is still the, the receiving of the pure infinite light. That's Chachma. So Chachma is in a state of still nothingness. Bina is already where things begin to have definition. Because Bina takes it already and has already a formulated concept. Chachma is still like a flashing idea. Like in just a regular Chachma, you have a flashing idea. Bina already gives it design, purpose. I'm sorry, design and definition and details. Bina is already... A, so Bina is called Yesh. And Chachma is called Ayin. In order to bring emotions that are fixed... In order to say Hashem is kind, Hashem is this, Hashem is that, that's already a fixed thing. The energy has to come from nothingness and to have and get some kind of definition. That's what we mean. There has to constantly be the attachment from Chachma to Bina. When you have the constant flow from Chachma to Bina, you have Ayin and Yesh meeting together. The potential of nothingness formulates itself into something, into some sort of understanding. And from that understanding can come a fixed emotion. But before that, it's still, if, you, if you still, you don't have the Bina and you only have the Chachma, you're still Ayin, you're still nothing. You can't have an emotion. The emotion requires that the, but if, but if you only have Bina, Yesh, something, then you become disconnected from, from, from God and then, the, the, then, it doesn't, then, then, it, then it will crumble and it will disappear. So you have to have every moment the connection to the Ein Sof, and that comes through this mechanics of Chachma and Binoy being unified together from nothing to something. Now that, that, that connection, those two wires, just like when you make electricity, you take the, the, the positive and the, and, the, and the negative, and you pull them together, and, and, then you have the electric, and then you have the electric current from the positive and the negative. Same is true when you keep the Chachma and Bina together, you have the flow of life force to all the worlds. To sustain all beingness, all existence. It's from this Chachma. This connection from nothing to, from not, from Ayin to Yesh, from Chachma to Bina, is accomplished through the Malachim. Their service, their constant service. And that's why Malachim don't stop. They're 24 7. All the time. Because if it would stop for one second, bang, everything would return to, to, to nothingness. But, as we're going to see, as great as that is, what is that doing? Merely keeping the world in existence. It's not really drawing God into the world. It's just keeping the bare minimum flow of godliness to sustain the creation. That union between Chachma and Bina is called an external union. It's from the external of Chachma, giving life to the external of Bina, which allows for the Midos, Gedula, Gevura, Teferes, to exist. Chesed, Gevura, Teferes, which are, right? To exist. When Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov come, which really means all the Neshamas, and when we do our Avoda, and our Avoda is not all the time, because we have Yetzahara, we're human, here we have to sleep, here we have to eat, here we have to go to the restroom, here we have to shower, here we have to do this, here we have to do that, here someone is calling, and this one is calling, we're busy with all kinds of Adrei, Kapanish, every two minutes. And then, but in the middle, we catch a little moment, a little moment here, a little moment here. True. So we're, we're, our, our Indian is not consistent. That's why God also can't rely on us for the consistency. Because if you rely on us on the consistency, to keep it going, it would be very dangerous. Because we're not, we're, we can't be so responsible. But what we do is, even though we're not there all the time, but when we're there, 
we cause a much deeper union. The innermost of Chachma, the Pneumius of Chachma, and the Pneumius of Bina unify together. What that causes is a far more powerful electric current. What that causes is God Himself to descend into the attributes. And that's the meaning that the Avais, they are the Merkava. They are a much higher Merkava. They bring the Ein Sof to enclose themselves in the Midas. Not just the Midas to exist, but the Abishter himself to imbue himself in those Midas. The Zawa Indian over here. So again, so in order, he says, Amshach is in order to keep the Midas in constant existence. Chesed yibane, to keep chesed in existence, you do you need first yichud abba unification of father and mother. This is what causes the hamshacha to flow into the midas. Upirish abba ve'ima. What does it mean, father and mother? This is chachman bina ayin ve'esh, nothing and something. Train reyin, which we know that that chachman bina. Are two friends, the loimis parshin, that never separate. Because again, if these two would separate, then the electric current wouldn't be there, everything would disappear. He is chachis, my ayin lesh, because the, 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 unifica- the, the, the renewal from nothing to something has to happen every second. Because the, the creation is dependent on the creator who is considered on that nothingness every minute. Tzadach li is tamid and has to happen all the time. Who stimulates it? Valas man. And who is the one who raises feminine waters, which is a general term for who is the one who causes this to happen, to draw this forth? Liyichot for this union. Zehual yedei chayas That's what the beasts of the chariot above, the malachim do. Through their consistent service to God, through their bittel, they're, they're yesh, they're something. The rule is, if you want to cause from nothing to something, that's, here's a very important idea. If you want to cause from nothingness should come something, then what you need to do first is, something has to become nothing. The yesh has to surrender itself to the nothingness, to God. When the yesh, when the somebody bends to, this, to the nothing, then the nothing responds into something. That's the way it works. So by the Malachim, their service of bittel, nullification. As he says, This is through the beasts of the Merkava. Pnei Aryeh, the face of the lion. Pnei Shor, the face of the ox. Now, here's the question. He wants to explain now, how can the ox and the lion, why their avoida, why is their avoida drawing God into the Midas of Chesed and Gevura? What do they have with chesed and gevura? And the answer is, the lion is a product of God's chesed. The ox is a product of God's gevura. So even though they're not in the realm of the midas, because the midas are an atzilus, an emanation world, and they are in the world of creation, but yet they're connected, because they're a derivative. The malachim, the pnei aryeh, which is really malach michoel, comes from chesed, and the pnei shor, the ox, which is gavriel, comes from comes from Gevura. So by their bittel, the bittel of them to Hashem, that causes Hashem's light to constantly create chesed and Gevura. And that happens through the union of Chachma and Bina, from nothing to something, that causes the sustaining force 
to keep chesed and keep gevura in operation. And when they are bottle, maleman, they are evoking feminine waters, which means they're sh- they're sending something up, to arouse yichud abba this union of father and mother. that through this there should be hishavus hamidos It should come into being the midos of gedula and gevura. Meaning the midah of chesed and gavura should continuously. That's also one of the reasons why they're called a merkava. Why are they called a merkava, a chariot? So, we said earlier, the chariot brings down. In a sense, they're bringing God down. But he's explaining it a little different. Especially when it comes to the merkava of the malachim. It's more about the chariot over here bringing up, lifting up, like... A person gets onto the chariot, so the chariot will take him up the mountain. So what does that mean? See, they are the, they're called the beasts, the animals. Who's riding on top of them? Who rides on an animal? A human rides on top of the animal. See, they are Merkava to who? To a human. Who's the human? The human is Hashem's, Hashem, when Hashem calls himself human. When does Hashem call himself human? When Hashem is in the form of the spherot. When Hashem is in this form of the spheres, that's a human, that's the human psyche. Intellect, emotions. What did we say earlier? That if God would not have a stimulator to stimulate him down, to contract and to freeze his energy into chesed, gevura, teferet, but he would allow the energy to be free, if, would, if there wouldn't be a stimulator, what would happen to the energy? Everything would be... Right? Everything would like... Return back into its source. There would not be chesed, there would not be gevura. That means that the supernal Adam, the supernal man above, would dissolve. There wouldn't, wouldn't be the Adam. What do they cause? They generate interest that from God's infinite light, Hashem should bestow energy into the Adam, into the man. Or else the man would like disappear. They cause the man. Ah, so what they're really doing is, they're connecting the Adam, the man, to what's beyond the Adam, to, to, the, to Hashem's Ein Sof, that the Ein Sof should funnel down into Adam. That's what it means, they're like a chariot, because they're carrying the Adam higher. They're connecting the Adam to the Loi Adam. See, God, as He's above Atzilus, He's called not a man, because He has, doesn't have definitions. They keep the, the, the Ein Sof light flowing from the Ein Sof, into the Adam to create, to sustain the Adam. That's why they're called the Merkava, because they're carrying the Adam and connecting it to the Loi Adam. Adam They're carrying the man that's on the throne. Shuhu, who is the man that's on the throne? Chachma and Bina, Umidais and all the supernal Umidais, the wisdom and the attribute of Bina. To draw down light and sustaining power from the divinity that's beyond Adam, from Loi Adam, where God is not a man. And that's what we say. Could, could we speak of attributes on their own? Can we say Gedula, Gavura, Teferes? We have to say Lecha Hashem HaGedula. What does it mean? 
that gedula, which is Hashem's attribute, Hashem's right hand, gedula, is lacha Hashem. It's plugged into you. Again, I mentioned the whole time, if there's not a constant flow from the ayin to the yesh, from the not to the yeh, then everything would disappear. So that's what the malachim do. Lecha Hashem ha To you God is gedula. To you God, they're connecting the, the, the attributes to the ain't self. Lecha Hashem. Who causes it? The heavenly hosts, they bow down to you. Good. But afterwards we say, after we finish speaking about how the Malachim bring about sustaining the universe, sustaining the cosmos, what do we say after that? You have chosen Avram. What does that mean? The others, they are, they are a much higher Merkava. They're the next level of Merkava. They're the next level of chariot. As a result of the others, something much higher will be drawn. Much higher than the lower Merkava, the chariot of the lion and the, and the, and the, um, and the ox, which is an, an angelic chariot, their chariot is far inferior to the chariot of the souls. Shemam because they only draw down rak yichud chitzainis to Abba ve'ima. They only draw down an external union, as we said earlier, the external union of father and mother. On the one hand, the Arizal says that there are two unions. Interesting idea. The Arizal says that there are two levels of union between Chachma and Bina. One is external and one is internal. And Darizal says an interesting thing. He says the external union of father and mother began when God created the world and it never stops. It's always, Chachma and Bina are always passing energy from Chachma to Bina. Chachma is always transmitting to Bina. Ayin and Yash have to always be together, constantly. And as we said earlier, that, con- that consistent flow needs to be relied upon by beings that can be very consistent. Who can be very consistent? The Malach. They can sit and row the boat all day, never get tired. And they continue doing that all the time, keeping Chachman Bina together. Then the Arizal says, the Yichud of Chachman Bina, that's a panemius, internal one, far more powerful. That he says is only at intervals, at certain times. When? When the Jewish people daven. When we, at certain times we cause that. Much higher. What's the difference? What we learned earlier. The avoida of the malachim, the service of the malachim, accomplishes that there should be attributes. But that's it. There should, as we said earlier, there should be a pair of pants, there should be a shirt, there should be socks, shoes, everything. But what does the neshamis accomplish? Not that there should be clothing, but that God should be dressed in those clothing. That's a different Indian. That's much deeper and much higher. That it shouldn't be Gedula Gavura Teferes, it should be Hagadoil, Hagiboil, you are great. That it should bring about the, the beer existence from nothing to something. We turn over the page through the Midah of Gedula. Which isn't through the Bittal, the nullification of the forefathers. Their souls are from Atsilas. 
And they were on a much higher level of Merkava in a constant bitl. What is so powerful about them is that their bitl is, is, is more interesting. Why? Because their bitl is reaching and affecting even a body. What Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov did that the Malachim don't do is Malachim don't have bodies, they don't have coarse bodies. So of course they're tzaddikim, of course they're great, you know, they're, they're, they're always serving God. Let's see you do it in a, in a, in a real zhlabi body. And that's the whole idea, to convert the body, and the animal consciousness. So when they accomplish this, when the others do this, they draw down an internal bond, an internal union of father and mother. Through this it's caused that it should be not just gedula, but this is the enclosement of the Oren Soif. Baha Midois into the Midois. And this is through the union of father and mother in an internal way. Which isn't the case through the angels. They're just bringing the Mida down. In feminine term, not in. And now we'll understand why we preface. That's why we, we began at the beginning of the Mimer. Why don't we say first, which are essential definitions on God. And then we should say, we should give references. Who else believed in this God? Oh, Amram believed in him. Yitzchak, I asked earlier, when you give a resume, first you write your qualities of why you deserve the job. And then at the end you put some references. So when it comes to davening, we should do the same thing. We should say first, God's qualities. Gadol, Gibor, Vahanaira. Kael Elyon, he's the supernal God. Goyim Lachasadim Toivim, he does kindness. And then at the end, we should say, oh, you want to know who else believed in this God? Elokei Avram, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. But we don't do that. We say first the God of Avram, the first the God. Before we even say any qualities of Hashem, we're giving references right away. Why? And the answer is, why? Because in order for God to be Gadol, in order for Him to be Gibar, in order for Him to be Vahanoira, you have to first have Avram has to cause Him to do that. Hashem will be Gadol. Higher than the level of Gadullah. Okay, so what does that tell us? That we have huge responsibility. That tells us that we have huge responsibility. What's our responsibility? We have to invigorate, enliven, empower the entire cosmic life force. The entire spiritual structure, we have to construct that every day through our service. That's an enormous responsibility. It's enormous. Hashem has given us everything. We can turn on the machine or shut the machine. All up to us. Because again, as you said, the whole spherotic flow of energy through the spheros, which is the source of all of life in all the worlds, including this physical universe, of course, but even in all the spiritual worlds, it's all dependent on our, on our, our service. Primarily nishamis, not so much malachim. If we stop and we go to sleep, the worlds won't disappear. They'll continue. But very, very barely alive. All the blessing comes from us. Okay. 
In a Kadesha Yom Shachma. So number was going to say no. So the problem is that Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov are not physically alive these days. And we have to stand in their shoes. Problem is that we're not, we don't have the same bittle that they had. We don't have that deep bittle that they were had. Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov lived with such powerful godly consciousness that there wasn't even one second in their life that they were not nullified completely to God. Every moment, they never felt their will. They only felt Hashem's will. How in the world can we stand in their shoes and do their work? We can't. But it's needed. Because only a lekei Avram, a lekei Yitzchak, and a lekei Yaakov is going to cause God to invest Himself in the spheres to be a Godel, a And if we can't do it, so what's going to be? And the answer is, that's why there are Shvatim. Yaakov has branches. What's the idea of the branches? The Shvatim are called branches. Shevet means a branch. And the idea is, if the tree itself, if the Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov is too hard to emulate, it's too hard to stand in their shoes. So there is something extending from their soul to us through the Shvatim. What does that mean? The Shvatim, their holiness and their godliness was not as lofty, was not as, as high as Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. It was a lower level. And by us connecting ourselves to the service of the Shvatim, which is something that we could connect to, via them, we connect to their fathers. Because you need a mediator. The Shvatim are the mediator between the Avais and, and the rest of the Jewish souls. They bring to us a shaykhis, a connection to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. Just like physically. How, how do we connect to the Avais? Through the 12 tribes. The medium of them. Physically, just we were born from them. They, they stand between. If you're going to go through your genealogy, you're going to reach a point where you have the Avais standing between you and Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. They're, they're a part of the link of the chain. Spiritually, too. Their level of service is more attainable every person. The level of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Why? Because it says in Kabbalah an interesting thing. Chassidus. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they're in Atzilus. They're the level of Bittel. Their nullification to God was the same nullification of Atzilus. Atzilus is what we call Bittel B'Metzias. Nullified totally. Without any sense of self. They lived 100% all the time in Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, consciousness. They were always there, in total unity with God. The Shvatim, they're not an Atzilus. The Shvatim, their souls are in Bria, in the world of Bria. And the world of Bria is already a creation type of a level. Atzilus is godly. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are like otherworldly people. They're like I'm living, they're like, we would see them, they're, like, they're almost like not human beings. But, 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 but the Shvatim, they, are, they have far more of a human side to them. Because their, their neshamis are neshamis of the world of Bria. And Bria is a far more attainable because it's, even though Bria is the highest level of creation, the most spiritual of all worlds, but yet it's still a world. It's still a created existence. And therefore we're able to, to relate to that. So in order, but here's the thing. It's not that we just relate to the Shvatim. Once we connect to the Shvatim, 
via them, through them, we also connect to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Because they were sons of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Sons of Yaakov, and eventually... In order that we should have from the midas of the avos, we can't have that lios kiim al yedei ashvatim. So for that we need to have the shvatim. Shehem b'china shevet. What does a shevet mean? A shevet means like a branch. They translate the godliness of the avos. That's in atzilus. It's in the world of emanation. They translate it and make it more palpable in the world of Bria, Yitzir, and Asiyah. And through this, we can draw down from the Avais as well. And thereby, we can cause the same effect like Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. However, here is where I was starting to say before. Since this is such an enormous responsibility, and we cannot, chas v'shalem, you know, fail in this. Because without us doing this, there's no life in the universe. Everything is dries out. Not only that, not only is it a responsibility, the question is, how can anything or anybody, anything or anybody, evoke and stimulate the Ein Sof? The Ein Sof means Ein Sof. It's boundless. If he's boundless, means that everything that's finite is meaningless to him. There's nothing to him. If so, to God Himself we say that all of existence is absolutely not. Not, 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 meaning literally nothing. Not even like a tiny little crumb flo- floating in space. Not even that. The creations are zilch, nada, nothing, garnished, zero mamish. How can zero excite him, stimulate him? How are we that are absolute nothing? And the answer is, that's why before we lift our hand to do something in our Yiddishkeit, in our service of the day, Hashem has to first empower us. He has to imbue us first with an empowerment from above. And only after He imbues us with the power of His power, then we can affect. And that's the idea that even though Hashem set up the system that what? That Esarusa, the Latata, the arousal of below, will generate and cause and stimulate. Esarusa, the Liela, an arousal from above. So Hashem is waiting for us to initiate. We have to generate. We have to do it. But that itself that we should have koach to do, that we should have the ability to do, that too Hashem has to give us a drop of His light. He has to drop that into our Nisham. When does that happen? I mentioned on the Monday night cheer, that happens before we even wake up, while we're still sleeping. In the wee hours of the morning, when we're still sleeping in bed, we don't know, we're, still, we're still dreaming about who knows what. In the middle of the dream, remember the olden days when we had the olden days, like the olden, olden, olden days, when we still were all having AOL? And you would get a message, you've got mail. Right? Remember when you had that you've got mail? Now it doesn't say you've got mail because we, associate, we assume that everybody has mail 24 hours of the day. Non-stop barrage of emails coming in. But it used to be an announcement. You've got mail. Every morning you've got mail. God delivers something while you're asleep. What does He deliver? He delivers before you even wake up an empowerment. 
He puts the potent juice into you. That when you do your work, it's going to cause a cosmic, a cosmic effect. And that's the idea that he says in the Mimer means Vayashkem Lavan Baboker, that Lavan wakes up early. So spiritually, as strange as this sounds, Lavan has a holy source, a supernal source. Lavan is a crook, a con artist, a world-renowned liar and cheat. Yet, Lavan also has a meaning. The source of Lavan is the supernal whiteness above, which refers to the Ein Sof. God on high, before he takes on any form, that's why he's still white. He doesn't have any form or any color yet. He's beyond all sefirot. Because we said before, the sefirot we have to create. We have to generate. This is still before there are any sefiros. Every morning it's almost like we go back to pre-creation. There's no sefiros. What does God do? He drops into our neshama. He gives, and what does it say? Vayashkim lavam baboka. Lava wakes up in the morning. Vayanashik and he kisses. Lebanov to his children, which mean his grandchildren. What does that mean? We said earlier that what? That we, the Jewish people, have to stimulate everything. But we're not Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, they were the Markava. We are the next generation. We're the same level as the Shvatim. I mean, of course, we're not on the same level as the Shvatim, but to them, we can, be, we, we can relate to them, the Shvatim. So we are the grandchildren. What happens every morning is that God kisses his grandchildren. Lavan, the Ein Sof, kisses the Nishamas that are in Bria. The children are the Nishamas that are in Atzilas. They're called children. But they're not here anymore, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So now we're dealing only with grandchildren. So Hashem kisses the Lebanov over here, means the grandchildren. He kisses us, meaning He imbues in, a, in our, when you kiss someone, what do you really, He doesn't say it over here, but I imagine this. A kiss is giving of your breath. When Hashem puts of His breath into our Neshama, so now, at least for the next 24 hours, everything we do has godly power in it. If that breath wears off and it expires, what happens? We're back to being mortal, finite human beings that can only have a limited effect. But once we receive that breath of life from God, then our work is suddenly empowered and we can shake the world, we can shake the cosmos. Not only that, we can draw from the ain't self and draw him down. That's what we're supposed to do. But we need to first be a recipient from that divine kiss. And that's what he's saying. In order that we should be able to do an Isaiah from below, there needs to be an arousal from above. And this is the idea that Lavan wakes up early. Like it is explained in the Mimer. Remember, this is only an explanation on the Alter Rebbe's Mimer that we actually learned a few years ago. Now we're going to explain. Since this kiss, that love on kisses Yaakov, the children, not Yaakov, he kisses the children and the grandchildren, is uh, the grandchildren and his daughters, is representing a godly influence that's coming from Hashem, not from us. Because that's the whole point. We can only begin working after we receive this injection, this infusion. Before we receive this infusion, we can't do anything. So this infusion, infusion comes because Hashem wants to do that. We can't stimulate Him. Because we have no connection to Him. He has to initiate that. Since this is coming from God, that's the reason why we see in the story, as we said, 
that Yaakov was not able to pull these letters out on his own. Lavan had to come chase after him and give him those letters. We began the shir with the teaching of the Mezritcher Mag. That the reason why Yaakov, that Lavan chased after Yaakov, the whole end of the parasha that Lavan gives chase after Yaakov, is because when Yaakov was by Lavan, Yaakov was extracting all the sparks of holiness that were by Lavan. Lavan had a big deposit of sparks of holiness. Yaakov elevated everything. That's why he took his daughters away, he took the grandchildren, he took away all of his sheep. He took everything away from it. Because he extracted all the sparks of holiness. He left over a few tiny little sparks at the bottom of the barrel. These sparks of holiness, which really, in they're tiny, they're really the biggest sparks, the highest. And these sparks of holiness, Yaakov left it by Lavan. So what did Lavan do? When Yaakov left, Lavan came chasing after him to give him these sparks. These sparks are the letters, we said earlier, the letters in which this story is narrated, that Lavan chases after Yaakov. These letters of the Torah were, were in Lavan's, were, were held, were trapped in the klipa, now Lavan is giving it. But he asked the question, remember the question he asked in the beginning of the Mimer? If Yaakov manages to clean up all the sparks, how come he leaves, up a few, how come he leaves over a few? And the answer is, since the, the oisiyos, the letters that Yaakov leaves, think about this. Here, this is, I think it's, it's a deep point, but you have to get it. You have to get it. Because this is the whole, this is the whole point of the whole mimer. This is the whole beauty of the mimer. Since the sparks that Yaakov left are which story? The story of Lavan. And what is Lavan? Lavan in his source. Lavan as he's Lavan is a low life. But Lavan, the sparks of holiness that are in Lavan, what does that mean? Lavan as he really is, up there, in his really root, 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 he's representing a such a high level in which we can't stimulate. A level that has to come on its own. That's why Yaakov can't elevate those sparks. That spark, which is in Lavan himself, Lavan has to come chasing after Yaakov. Because since spiritually, what does this mean? It means a level of the divine where we can't reach. We need God to empower us. Serusa Deliela, coming from above. That's why this bearer, this rectification, Lavan has to initiate. Lavan comes to Yaakov and says, take it. He doesn't say that. He doesn't know that's what he's really doing. But that's what he's really, he's really doing. He's giving these words to Yaakov. So that's the whole point. Coming on its own. Not through an arousal from below. On the contrary. The whole point of this, this flow, this, this, this arousal, is to help us do our work. It's not that we're stimulating it, it's stimulating us. Therefore, so Yaakov was not able to be mom. Yaakov is not able to extract this because this level cannot be drawn through doing something from below. chased after him. This is an arousal of above that evokes the Yisurusa Delatata. V'asa Shapir comes out really well. Divrei Arava Kodesh Magid, the words of the Mizritcher Magid Nishmasin, 
Based on the introduction of the Alter Rebbe, we'll understand the explanation of what the Mizritcha Magid is really saying, why Yaakov couldn't take those sparks. Because the idea, the climax of the parsha is Lavan giving the kiss. And Lavan's kiss is not something, we can't take that kiss. The kiss can only be while we're sleeping and Hashem gives it to us. When you're sleeping, you're not doing anything to evoke it. You're sleeping. It's because it's like a parent that goes into a child's room, sees their child asleep, and the parent goes over and kisses the child. Did the child do something to draw that kiss? No. It's not like the child sang a song or did something cute or accomplished something. The child is not doing anything. The child is sleeping. But because the father loves the child so much or the mother loves it, they go over and they give the child a kiss. So it's coming completely from the parent, not from the child. And that's the same thing over here. The idea of love on kissing his children is the idea that God is kissing us without us doing anything. That's why this idea, Yaakov could not take it it had to be given to him from Lavan on his own. Meaning from Hashem on his own. From the level called Lavan on his own. Okay, we'll take a little break. Then there's another half an hour left, maybe. A little, maybe a little more. Um, 40 minutes, maybe. To finish up one more thing. We, what we didn't explain yet is why Yaakov had to wait until Yosef was born. Until he told Lavan that let me go home. So that we'll see in the next piece.
he's been here a few times. Understand the idea of when Lavan, when Rachel gave birth to Yosef. The first blessing of Shmon Esrei, after the word Hagadel, yes, he just missed the challenge break. Yeah, at least to come a little earlier. It's good, it's good. You came just in time. Because we just learned that Rachel gave birth to Yosef. And he's Yosef. You see what's going on over here? Huh? Your mother's name is Rachel. See? Unbelievable. Yolda Rachel as Yosef. It's based on what it says in the first Brach of Shemayin Esrei. Achar Hagadol. After Hagadol, it says Kel Elyon. We say Hagadol Agibar Vahanayra. And we say Kale Elyon. What's Kale Elyon? God on high. Kale, God, Elyon was very high. Then we say Goymel Chasadim Toivim. The one who Goymel, he bestows, brings about Chasadim Toivim, good, wonderful kindness. Kone HaKol, the one who purchases or requires everything. So according to Hasidus, an interesting thing. According to Kabbalah. Hagadol HaGibar Vahanora, we know, is Gadol is Chesed. Gibar is Gevura. And Vahanora is Teferis. Then, Goymel Chasadim Toivim, Kone HaKol, are the next three spheros. Netzach Hod Yesod. In, it's, I don't know if it's, I think it's in, I, I was trying to look it up in the Arizal and I couldn't uh, figure it out exactly. But Chasadim Toivim, for whatever reason, is referring to Netzach and Hod. Netzach I understand, because Netzach is Chesed. is an offshoot of Chesed. Why is Hod also called Chasadim? I'm not sure. But that's what he brings. Chasadim toivim is netzach and hoid. Kaini hakol, he acquires everything that's yesoid. Because yesoid is called hakol, koil. Like it says, kikol bashamayim of aretz. Chasham agadula, gavura, teferes, netzach, hoid, yesoid. It says, ba netzach vahoid, kikol bashamayim of aretz. Yesoid is called kol. Why is yesoid called kol? Because yesoid is mekabel from all the spheres, from all the attributes, and it funnels it into malchus. The whole idea of yesoid is, to serve as a, a funnel, a channel of all the spheres down into Malchus. It says by Yosef, uh, Yosef is, is Yosef. But Yosef, Yosef gathers as Kala Kesef. Yosef is the gatherer. By Yitzpar Yosef Borb, Yosef gathers everything together. Because that's what Yosef does. Yosef draws all the brachas down into Malchus. So that's Goymel Chasadim Toivim, very good. Netzach, it makes sense. Chesed, Gevur, Etiferes. Netzach, Hoid, Yesoid. And then, Umevi, Goyal, of Mevi, Neim, Laman, Shemoy, Shemoy, Malchus. 
The question over here is, what's Kale Elyon? Gadar al-Gibar v'hanoira. What's Kale Elyon? Kale Elyon means God Elyon on high. So it says in the Arizal that Kale Elyon is referring to Kesser. But L'chaira, at first glance, it's, it's a strange order. Chesed Gevurit Teferes, Kesser, Netzach What's Kesser doing in the middle? Kesser should be before all of them. Kesser is not only higher than the Midas. Kesser is higher than even the Mochen, even higher than the Chabad, even than higher than Chachma Bina and Das. So Kesser is way up there. What's, why does Kesser come in right now? Why? So it is explained. So he explains in Kavanah Sarizal, the Kel Elyon Zeu Pchenas Kesser. That Kel Elyon, that's Kesser. And the, and the reason why Kesar is mentioned over here is because since Netzachoid Yesoid is a hashpa to the outside, hashpa means an a, 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 a influence, a giving. It's an influence in a, in a giving to the outside, meaning Chesed Gevura Teferes is more of an internal feeling. Chesed means I'm feeling kind. I feel good. I feel kindness. Gevura means I feel... It's, a, it, it's an internal attribute. internal experiences. Netzachod Yesod are all about taking the, 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 in, the excitement, the emotion, whatever it is that you're excited about it, and channeling it outside of yourself. That's why Netzachod Yesod are related to the legs. Netzach and Hod are the legs, and Yisod is the the uh, reprodu- reproduction of the person. The reproduction, yeah. So the the what is it all about? The legs are not for yourself. A person, if a person would just be, wouldn't have to be social. That would be able to be a person technically would be able to just be without legs and just be a functioning human being. The feet are to get around. The feet are all about getting around so you can go and give people and do things. It's, it's in order to, it's called Lavar Maguf. The Zohar says it's called outside the body. It's more functional to bring your feeling, your experiences, whatever it is, to the outside, to influence the, the outside, to take you elsewhere. So, and here's the idea. In order to be able to be mashpia outside of yourself takes a very high kayach. That's why even though technically Netzach Hoid Yesoid is much weaker than Chesed Gevurit Teferes, Chesed Gevurit Teferes are the internal emotions. Chesed and Gevurit, Netzach Hoid Yesoid are more external. It's called outside of the body. But the power to be able to have these, this ability, to be able to go out of yourself and to give, to exit yourself comes from a deeper part of your soul where you're to- totally unlimited. That's your keser. The keser is the place of you where you're unlimited. That's why dafka before we say, goimel chasadim toivim koine hakoil, which referred to the spheres of netzachoid yisaid, we make the hakdama, we put in kel elyon. Because without kel elyon, it wouldn't be possible to have netzachoid yisaid for someone to be able to have the ability to be mashpia outside of himself. Like this tool now, we're just passing energy 
within ourselves from level to level. But to take the hashpah, to outside, takes a much higher power. Primarily, primarily, the real power that reaches Kesar more than Netzach and Hoid is Yesoid. Yesoid, the power of Yesoid, is the power that reaches the Etzem HaNefesh. The essence of a person's soul is expressed in Yesod more than in any other attribute. Um, and that's why in order to have Koine HaKoyl, that's the main one, you need to have Kel Elyon. Kesar and Yesod are connected. We'll see why in a minute. The high noise, he says, Kedei she'yes havos b'chenas nehi, netzachoyed yesoid chadashim, v'hainu chasadim toivim, these are called chasadim toivim, v'koyne ha'koyl, hainu b'chenas yesoid, which is yesoid, zehu dafka yedei hamshacham ha'keser. It's dafka from, hamshacha from keser. That's why who appoints Yosef to be king over Mitzrayim? Paro. What's Paro? Paro is the level of keser, crown. Even though Paro is a low life, but it says, Vachamishis Lepare, the fifth level is the Pare. The Pasuk says, Yosef says that when you're giving taxes, you know, four parts can be yours, but the fifth part is Pare. What's the fifth? In the Yudke Vavke, there's four letters. Hey, Vav, Hey, and Yud, going backwards from down up. And what's the fifth? The fifth is the crown on top of the Yud. And that's Vachamishis, the fifth level, the fifth dimension. That's the Ein Sof, that's Paro. Paro means a place where all lights come from. All lights emanate from Kesar. Kesar is still beyond, from there all lights come from. So Paro is a very high madrega. Who appoints Yosef? Paro. Because Yosef is Yosef. And that's why what does Paro say to Yosef? You're the, you're the whole macher. I am higher than you only in the throne, but meaning you're the whole. Because Yosef and Paro are connected. Yosef and Kesar are connected. Like we see, what's Kesser? Kesser is your essential you before you express yourself in attributes, in powers. Let me ask you, your Chachma, that's, it, it, can I say about, can I say you are your Chachma? You have Chachma. Your Bina, that's you. You have Bina. Your Chesed, that's you. You possess Chesed. What's Kesser? Kesser is the you prior to your defining yourself in anything. Your essence of your soul, that's your kesser. Yesoid is the power to bond. Primarily we're talking about a, the bonding of a man and a woman which brings about to procreation, to create a child. And that bonding, what are you doing? You're creating it, how do you create a child? You're actually drawing from your essence. Because you couldn't create a child you don't create your child, you take a little bit of your chachma, let me sprinkle a little bit of bina in, let me put a little chesed in. That's not how you create a child. You give yourself. And when you give yourself, in yourself is already bederech memel. If you give your keser, what emanates, what's, what emanates from the keser? All the spheres, all the attributes. So the child possesses everything the father has. Because the father gave his very oomph. The father gave his very, very self. And where is that nizgala? Where does that reveal itself? In Yesoid. Because Yesoid actually draws from the essence and his mamshach and his mashpia. So you see the connection between Yesod and, and Kesser. 
והיינו בכנס יסוד, זה דווקא די המשך עם הכסף, ועניין, that's the idea. על פי מה שכוסף בזוהר פרשס בולוק, דף ריש דלת. In Parshas Bolak, Tafresh Dalet, Al Pasuk, Boiker Tishma Koili. There's a Pasuk in Tehillim where it says, God, Boker, in the morning you will hear my voice. Boiker Erech Loch, in the morning I will arrange for you. David HaMelech says, Shenizker Beiz Bechenaz Boiker. It mentions two times morning in this Pasuk. Hashem, Boker Tishma Koili, in the morning you should hear my voice. Boiker, in the morning, I will arrange for you, and I wait for you. So the Zohar asks a question, why does it say two times Boiker? God, listen to me. What's this? Boiker, you will listen to me. So the Zohar says, Boiker is very special. Boiker is light. Boiker means morning. Morning is light. It's very special. But the Zohar says, there's two, there's two Bokers. There's the Boiker of Avraham, and there's the Boiker of, of Yosef. Both of them are boker. Why? Because by Avram it says, Vayashkeim Avram Baboiker. And by Lavan it says, not by Lavan, by Lavan it also says, we'll see in a minute. Vayashkeim Lavan Baboiker, we're going to get to that. But by Yosef it also says, Boiker. It says when the Shvatim came in the second time, when they brought Binyamin, they stayed overnight, he made a whole party with them, they drank wine, they went to sleep. They didn't want to leave at night. They were ready to go back home, but at night you shouldn't leave. So they waited till the morning. And then it says, Ha-boiker or, boiker, the boiker was shining, and Vanashem yatsu and the men left. And then Yosef tricked, because Yosef put his cup in Binyamin's cup, and he caused the whole balagan. But it mentions by Yosef, it mentions boiker. So by Avram is Boker and by Yosef is Boker. So the Zoyar says there are two, Boker is Chesed, it's kindness. So Avram we understand is Boker, is related to the morning. That's why Avram is the one who makes Tefillah as Shachras. Because the morning hours belong to Avram. It's the time of Chesed. Light is Chesed. There is the Chesed of Avram and then there is the Chesed of Yosef. Which is really a question. Because Yosef, think about it, Yosef is chesed. Yosef is Yosef. What does Yosef have with chesed? We know Yosef is in the middle. Yosef, but Yosef is, is, is mamshech both from chesed and from gevura. It's interesting, it adds says Teferes actually leans more towards, towards chesed. Yosef leans actually more towards gevura. But, it's still a blend of chesed and gevurah. There is chesed in, in Yesod. Not only that, that's why both Avram and Yesod are, have boker, have mourning. It's interesting, I noticed today, which the Zohar doesn't say, but Yaakov, it also says boker in this week's parsha. It says, Vayash came Yaakov ba boker. Yaakov woke up in the morning and he said, Wow, is God in this place? So it mentions by Yaakov also boker. Because Teferes is also gnashing from Boker, from Chesed. Boker is Chesed. But it's interesting, for whatever reason, the Zoyar, when he quotes this Indian, I don't know why, and I have to investigate this, doesn't mention the Boker of Yaakov. It mentions only the Boker mentioned by Yosef and the Boker mentioned by Avram. 
And the Zoyar says an interesting thing, that the boiker of Yosef is far more powerful than the boiker of Avram. The light, Avram's light, but Yashkem Avram Baboker is powerful. But it doesn't come close to Haboiker or to the light of, of Yosef's boiker. Whoa, that's much more powerful. That's a greater boiker. Meaning it's a greater chesed. How does that work? So I want to read the Zayar to you. It's worth reading the Zayar. We once learned it in a shir years ago, but it came up again. Now, Dafresh Dalid. Hey, I got to read the whole thing to you. Rabbi Lazar was going to see Rabbi Yossi, his father-in-law. And Rabbi Abba and his friends were walking with him. So you have Rabbi Lazar with Rabbi Abba and his friends accompanying him, and they're going to Rabbi Yossi. Pasach Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Lazar opens up the conversation, and he brings the Pasach. Hashem boikar tishma koili. In the morning, Hashem, you hear my voice. Hashem, boiker, my boiker. Hashem, Hashem, listen to my voice. What does he mean, boiker, listen to my voice? This is the boiker of Avra, the, it, the itar ba'alma that is aroused in the world. It says that Avram woke up in the morning. What does that mean? The Zohar explains that the morning hours, the really early hours of the morning, are very powerful hours for kindness. If a person wants to have his prayers answered, wake up early in the morning and say to Hillim, the tzedakah, whatever it is, because those hours are going to be answered much more likely than any other time. Because when the morning comes, that morning, that the level called boker, which is chesed, is aroused. Meaning that that attribute is active. The idan rabalakoyla, it's a time of goodwill to everybody. That's when Hashem is in a mood, so to speak, to do good to everybody. To those who deserve, those that are worthy, and those that are guilty. That's why this is the best time to daven, before the king. And that's why, at the time that the morning comes, all those who are prisoners of the king, Find a respite. It's a time for prayer. How much more so the people who do tshuva. And petition their petition, their request in front of the king. Especially if you do tshuva. Because in the morning, a, a, a malach, goes to the south. Now it makes sense why he goes to the south, because the south is chesed. So the malach that goes to the south is the malach, his name is Rephael. And he has all healing remedies. It's all in his hands. He has all the refuas. 
And from the south, a wind comes out in the morning, and it arrives to that, to that Malach, who's in charge over Rafua, Malach Michoel, Rafael, I'm sorry. And when a person down here davens at that time towards Hashem, is if you're davening in the morning, when the Malach is in the south, ready, and he has already his... His, uh, his kit with him, his refuah kit with him. Pocket le beidina delay the law yistachim bedina. Hashem commands his beisdin not to open up in judgment. Begin the chayim bida the kuchu bedichu v'loy biyadeon, because Hashem is in charge of life and that and that. So Hashem says, you guys don't don't, don't judge, and Hashem is very chesedik. Omagoy the eel eden ravel because this is such a it's such a time of goodwill. Hashem seeks out the merit of the person who is davening. If there is a merit in his prayer, especially if he's doing tshuva, Hashem has rachmanes on him. And then, at that time, there is the chirping of the birds. If you have a wake up early, you hear the chirping of the birds. So the physical chirping of the birds has to do with some kind of a chirping of birds up there. And the birds praise Hashem. Whatever this means, the Ayelas Hashachar um, is then he roused in the world. Whatever, like it says in the Pasuk, and then that minister in charge of healing goes out he does everything that he's told to do. Which is what? Bring Rafua. So if someone has an illness, the time to pray is in the morning. Because that's when the Malach. And don't think it's the Malach who's in charge, the Zohar says. And if you're going to say, in his hands is healing. It's not that way. All Rafua is in the hands of God. But at the time he commands this minister... So he's the agent who actually administers that refuah. And all the other malachim, the accusing angels that are in charge of all kinds of illnesses and sicknesses, and all kinds, they're all terrified of him. That's all in the morning. So then that wind that's blowing from the south, Brings the refua to the person, and the healing is done. But it's all in the hands of God. Okay, that's the morning of Avraham, the time of Chesed in the day. And this is what it says that when we're davening, we're davening Hashem Boiker. Let the midas Chesed, Boiker is the midah of kindness that is then then stretched out. Tishma koili, hear my voice. It doesn't say, God, hear my voice. It's talking about the boker of Ram. The chesed. Let that attribute hear my voice. Boker. But then what does the Pasuk continue? Boker in the morning, I will arrange for you. I will arrange something for you. And I will wait. Today, boker amai. What is the second time boker? It says, boker, you will listen. Boker, what's the second? One is the boiker of Adma. And one is the morning of Yosef. 
Tehsev by Yosef it says, Aboiker Oer. The morning was shining, even more than Avram. Avram it just says Boiker. But by Yosef it says, Aboiker Oer, which means that the Chesed is intensified. Umetargin on Safra Nohar. Nohar Vadai, meaning it's shining very strong. And what, is, and what, what does David HaMelech say then? Erech Lecha Va'atzape. What does that mean? Erech Lecha Mayu. What does that mean? I will prepare a lamp. David HaMelech says, I will prepare a lamp. As it says, when you say, arranging means I will make a candle. David HaMelech saying, I am preparing this flame for what? I'm waiting for the morning. Which morning am I waiting? The second morning. Which chesed? The chesed of Yosef, not the chesed of Avram. The kindness of Yesod. We'll see in a minute why. Because this arrangement is for Yosef, not for Avram. Now, listen to the next two paragraphs. What does it mean, I will wait? means I will wait, but also means I will cover it up. Covering. What does that mean? My The Zayar first asked the question, what does it mean I'm waiting? David HaMelech says, I wait for the morning. Every, that, that's the great thing about David HaMelech, that he waits for the morning. Everybody waits for the morning. Anybody that wants to go to work and wants to get something done, waits for the morning. People are waiting for the goodness of God. Especially if morning means blessing. So everybody's waiting. Even, even, the, even the animals in the field. What does David HaMelech's praise more than all the people of the world. I love this next two lines of the Zohar. This, oh, this is, this is, this is Gvaldik. I asked this question, Rebbe Laza says, this is what they told me. I hear this. But I like this, 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 the next five words. This, what I'm going to tell you right now, is a word of truth it's coming from a very distant place. Meaning that, I, that he's saying, I'm not just telling you something. I'm telling you something that I received from very far away. That means the secret of what I'm saying now is coming from not just high, but it's coming on high of high. What, what is the secret? The secret is that that the initial light that God created because we, we know that we have light. We have daylight. But the daylight that we have today is light coming from the sun. It's not the real, real light. Because when Hashem created light, it was still before Wednesday, there was no sun. Where was light coming from? It was light coming directly from God. And we know that the light of the first day was such a powerful light, you could see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. The world couldn't withstand it. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't take such light. So Hashem had to hide it. And Hashem created the other kind of light, the, wind, the, the light of the sun. So the idea is like this. The light of the sun, the light that we have today, that's the light of Avram. That's the light of Chesed. The light of the first day, that's the light of the Or Ein Sof. That's not the Midas Chesed. That's not Chesed. That's not a limited Chesed. That's a boundless, infinite Chesed. That's what's called, and we say, it's, it's the Chesed of the 13 attributes. It's called Verav Chesed, abundant of Chesed. That's the light of the first day. Ha, much higher than Avram's chesed. Avram's chesed is a midah of chesed. 
the chesed of Atzilus. This is ain't sof chesed. Now, the worlds could not withstand this intense light. What did God do? He made one light to another light, in which one light is enclosed in another light, and another light is enclosed in another light, which means each light is weaker and camouflages the previous light. Until they can stand, they're able to withstand it. Okay, what does it have to do with Yosef? Light keeps one light evolves into the next light. And these are called the supernal wings, the Zohar says. Until they come to Until they come to the Boker of Yosef. Simply, what is he describing over here, if I'm figuring this out correctly, is that from the light of Keser, that's Ein Sof, it's too powerful. Comes Chachma, comes Bina, comes Das, comes Chesed, comes Gevura, comes Teferes. These are all lights. Each one is hiding the light before. Until you come where? To the light of Yosef, until you come to Yosef. What happens in Yosef? And he takes all the lights from above. He gathers them all in. That's why he's called Koil. Koil means he gathers it all. And because all the lights from above are dependent in him, which means somehow he's able to draw all those lights and even the light, the, the first initial light, the Orin Saif, as we said earlier, that in Yesaid, what's Nizgala in Yesaid? Keser. In Yesaid, in the power of transmitting and in, in that bonding power, comes the light of Keser. It's in Yesaid. Because of that, Yosef HaTzadik, his face has the biggest radiance. His face was shining like nothing. His radiance of his face is from one end of the world to the other end of the world. The But the lower worlds can't withstand the tzaddik. Too high, too powerful. Yosef's light is too powerful for the lower worlds. He's up there, he shines because he has the light of the first day. He has the light of Keser. David, but the problem is you got to bring it into the world. You got to bring it into the world. Comes David, the asken high bitsuna, and David Amelech creates the a candle, chupala which covers atzape. Atzape means I make a tzipoi. David Amelech says I'm waiting for Yosef's light, and I cover it up to be able to bring Yosef to the people, to the world. Malchus receives from Yosef. And Malchus creates some kind of a, some kind of a filter to allow Yosef's oil to come into the world. The Friediger Rebbe is Yosef, Yosef Yitzchak. He's the sixth Rebbe. Powerful. And the world can handle his light. And the Rebbe is the, is the seventh, is Malchus, takes the Friediger Rebbe's Zinyanim and implements it, makes it palpable in the world. Mamash this Indian. Yeah. He covers it. When Rabbi Abba heard this, Rabbi Abba kissed Rabbi Lazar, and he said, "If I haven't come on the on the road only to hear this, it was worthy taking this whole this whole walk, just to hear about the biker of Yosef." So, what do you see from here? 
that even though there is chesed of Avram, and chesed is light, Avram is light, but the chesed that is in Yosef, because it reaches the Ein Sof chesed, that's why we're going to see Lavan has a particular connection to Yosef. Because Lavan is also that level of Keser. That's why he's called white. What does white mean? Loiven, Loiven Elyon, it's a pearl whiteness, it's Keser, it doesn't have yet any definitions. So Lavan, and here's the thing, Lavan's light is Ein Sof, it's Beligvul. That's why Lavan, because, he's, because he has such Beligvul light, that's why he doesn't support his family. Because they, no one can grab it, Pepinimius. That's why Yaakov has to work for him, but Yaakov is not getting anything. Until who is born? Yosef is born. What happened when, when once Yosef was born? That's when Lavan made the deal with Yaakov. And Yaakov took the entire wealth of, of, of Lavan to himself. In other words, the idea, what does that teach you? That Yosef is able to bring Lavan's light into vessels. Yesoid is Mamshech from Keser. But Poyol Mamish too. When a person is creating a child, the Alter Rebbe says that the father is, is drawing, the seminal drop is called Lavan, white. It's white. Because it's taking from the whiteness of the soul, from the loiven, from the keser, from the crown, from what's higher. So Yosef and Lavan have a connection. And that's why till Yosef is not born, Yaakov can't really get a hold of Lavan. The whole Indian of Yaakov is that he's supposed to draw down Lavan's energy the Loivan Elyon, into the world, into Seder Ishtar That's why what is Yaakov doing to love on sheep? He's making them have spots and speckles and stripes. The spots, the speckles and the stripes refer to the vessels, the containers of all worlds. There's three levels. There's Olama Akudim. Akudim, akudim means where all the spheros are all, are, all, is all, are all contained in one attribute. They're one Indian containing all the spheros. That's the first level called Adam Kadman, Olam HaKudim. Then the next world is called Olam HaNakudim, where the sphero, the attributes, each one becomes specified as a separate attribute. That's called Olam HaToyo, the world of Toyo. They were points, and they clashed with each other. Finally, the last level is called Olam HaBrudim. Brudim means an entire partsof. That's Atzilus. That's Atzilus, a partsof, an entire configuration. Yaakov's Indian and Lavan is still prior to all of that. Yaakov's Indian is to bring God down into this world. Torah and Mitzvah, that's Yaakov. What's, what's Torah and Mitzvah? To bring the undefined, infinite God to settle down in vessels. That's why, and so that's why Yaakov does his avodah with what? With the tzoyin, with the sheep of who? Of Lavan. Because Lavan is still, Lavan represents Hashem's light as it is still higher than everything. That's why Lavan down here was such a Russia that he didn't, he didn't obey any rules. What's the thing about Lavan? Lavan broke every rule. He made a commitment, he broke it. He broke Why? Because in essence, he comes from a place that's prior to all rules and regulations. Down here, when he comes down, our world is a world that's supposed to operate with rules and regulations. But since Lavan's energy stems from where? From Loivan Elian. That's why you couldn't nail him down to anything. He slips out of every deal you made with him. He, no, I'm not. You, you can't hold him down to anything. He wiggles his way out because, because now, in Kedusha, it's very holy. In Klippa, it's very, very lowly. It's very dark. It's a terrible thing. But still, where does Yaakov, but still Lavan, inside of him are sparks of holiness 
from the supernal whiteness, from the loiv and the elmin. And that's why Yaakov does that avoid the bot to really get a real grip on Lavan and to really bring Lavan's energy down into this world to settle it. You can't do that until when? Until Yosef is born. Now let's read it inside. It's revealed the light that is created on the first day. It's higher even than the boiker of Avram. Ayin Sham, he tells you, look in this ayer. So Baruch Hashem, we learned this ayer, because the Tzemach Tzedek said we should look there. It's explained elsewhere how you saw this. And the content of the Indian is He's going to explain what's the difference between the oil of, of Avram's boiker and Yosef's boiker. It says, It says you should make holy garments. So he explains over there how Avram is chesed and Aaron, the Kohen Gadol, is also chesed. But the difference is because Kohen is chesed. Levi is Gevura, Kohen is chesed. What's the difference between the chesed of Avram and the chesed of Aaron? Why do we need two mashpiim who are mashpia chesed? Not only mashpia chesed. Chesed is really what? Love. So Avram, we know, gives us the power to love Hashem. And Aaron HaKoyen also, Ba'alois Chesaneros, he lights the Neros, which means he also fires up the love in the Nisham. So why do we need two mashpiim who give us love? And the answer is, Avram's love was an intellectual love. A love that comes from Seichel. It's Midas, Avram gives you the Midah of love, but it's a love born out of Seichel. Aaron gives you what's called Avarabo, a fanatical crazy love. A love that you're just a fire, a madness, a maddening love. Why? Bechlal, Avram Avinu was a philosopher. He was a Baal His entire service of God came from his Moichin, from his understanding. Aaron, Lamaila from that. Aaron's Avodah was just pure love, pure higher than infinite. It's explained that what? That these two loves come from the two levels of Chesed. Avram Avinu's Neshama originates in Chesed of Atzilas. That is what? That is as a measure. And that is born from what we said before. The Midas are born from the Mochen, born from the intellect. Aaron, however, he's rooted in Verav Chesed. That's why he's called Koyin Godel. Rav Chesed, abundant kindness. Zawam Shachas Avarabba. This is a drawing of great love. Mepchenes Verav Chesed. Shalamayla Mepchenes Avram. Much higher than Avram. Shamamshech Mepchenes Chesed Dezah. Avram is only Mamshech from Chesed of Ze'eran, Pedanikra Olam, which is called Olam. You know, when davening, there's two Nusrachs. Avas Olam and Avarabba. In, 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 in before Shema. Avas Ola means a limited love. Avaraba means an explosive love. Ayin Shah. And this is the same idea. Vayashkim Lavan. When Lavan wakes up in the morning, Lavan means the level of Aaron Akoin's love. Rav Chesed, abundant. Lavan is whiteness, it's Chesed. It's Chesed, that's why it's related to the morning, but it's infinite kindness. Kizel Indian big day love. Oh, that's why here. What's the connection? If Aaron is this high level, what does Aaron wear? He wears white clothing. 
Liyoz gilui pchinas avarabes abot, or liyoz gilui pchinas avarabes u bepnimius. In order for us, this love to not remain above in our neshama above, in order for it to come down in an internalized way, zewai they boiker the Yosef. That's what Yosef does. Yisoid is mamshich this avaraba bepnimius to internalize it. Pchinas yisoid kikain. He says, You see that in Yesoid is revealed the innermost of the love of a person. How do you see that? It says by Delila, the wife of Shimshon Hagibor, the Philistinian wife of him, when she wanted to know the secret of his strength. Right? So how did she get it out of him? She kept on nagging him. Primarily, she managed to get him at the moment when he was gonna, when he was having real physical relations with her, and then she would stop him, like right when he was. So it says, and then she forced him, like even though he knew that when he gives away the secret, who knows? And later he, they killed him because of it. But what does that mean? That in Yisoid, which is the bonding, which is the bonding between the man and the woman. In the Yisoyed, over there, the innermost of the love is revealed, meaning a place where you, it's your inner human being. It's like your entire keser is spilled out. There's no secrets. It's like it reveals your essence. So you see that Yisoyed touches on the inner, innermost. It's not an external thing. It's the deepest. Comes out. There's two levels of revelation. One of them is We spoke earlier. That in the morning, love and kisses his children means in the morning there is an evoking that Hashem is there's an arousal from above that comes before we do anything to jumpstart our service. That's what we say in the end of the parsha. Love and wakes up in the morning. I know baboiker da Avram, the boiker of Avram. Hashem's right hand embraces me. Now, base the second one. Then there is something else. After we finish doing all of our work, after we finish doing all of our work and we complete our work, then God comes and adds the icing on the cake on a level that we can't evoke from. Hashem comes and gives the finished final touch. That comes after our work. So there's two types of Sarusa Daliela. Two times when Hashem kicks in without us doing either before we begin to give us a little kick to get us started, to jumpstart the engine, or after we've done everything we can do and we've stimulated him and got him involved, then he goes and he gives us a bonus on top of that all. And that's a serusa deliela that comes from a place we can't touch. That is related to Yosef. Meaning Avram's connection to Lavan, Avram also has a connection to Lavan. But the connection of Avram is before we begin. It's a lower revelation. And then the second one comes after we complete everything. We have the revelation. Once Rachel gave birth to Yosef, Yaakov says to Lavan, send me, which means give me the highest bracha. Now that I've done already everything and Yosef is here, now we can be manshech from you. Shalcheni, send me to my place. Now 
וזהו מבחינת גבוהי יוסף מבחינת הגודל. This is higher than the level of גודל, ואוניין בויקד אברהם ובויקד יוסף. ובייז מבחינת אלו מבחינת לבן, where do we have these two? So he's going to say something, we're almost done. He says something really beautiful. These two evoking of Hashem's chesed, or rachamim, Hashem's kindness, where Hashem, we're asking for Hashem to give something that we don't deserve. Like, the whole point over here is that Lavan is a level that we can't evoke. It has to come like kind of on its own. But it comes twice. It comes before we do our avoda and after. And then in the middle is our avoda, but before and after. We find that in davening, we, we mention two times in davening. Before Shema, the main avoda of a Jew, the main aserusa de latata, even though we start already by Moedani and Brochis and the Psukha de Zimra, the verses of song, Baruch Shamar, Ashrei. But the main avoda is Shema and Shmona Esrei. That's the main avoda. Before we do that, we wait first for God to send us something. That's why we say in, in Ava Rabba or in Avas Olam, we say, With your great mercy, have mercy on us. The same belibeinu bina. You put in our hearts understanding. So what are we asking for? An arousal from above. You put in our hearts understanding that we should love you, fear you. You evoke our hearts. This is the first arousal from above. It comes from the 13 attributes of mercy. That's why we're saying, With your infinite mercy, have mercy upon us. You'd get, it means it comes from lavan, the supernal lavan, that's the 13 attributes of mercy. That's before we begin our avodah. That's to help us even begin to serve you. It's called your abundant rachamim. Your rachamim. And what does that do? That helps us evolve. Turn our hearts on. That's what evokes our is from below. Like we say, right after that, as a result of your mercy, put in our hearts understanding to be able to serve you. That's the first time we evoke the 13 attributes of mercy. I never realized that. Then when we're saying in Ahavas Oilam, it's the 13 attributes of mercy that we're calling out. Very high. It's to help us even then after Shemona Esrei when we're done. We mention the 13 attributes of mercy a second time. Hashem Hashem Kerachem Vachanan during Tachnon. That's the second one. That's related to Yosef. The first one is related to Avram Avinu. The first recitation of the Yud Gimumides Arachamim, even though we don't say it out. But we say with your mercy, have mercy on us with your compassion. We say with your abundant compassion, referring to the infinite Rachamim. We say again, this is related to, the first one is related to Avram, this one is related to Yosef. Again, Lavan is revealing himself to us. Lavan reveals himself twice. One in Ahava Rabba. And the other one is in after Shmona Esrei. From the innermost of it. 
And here's this beautiful. And it's when Rachel gave birth to Yosef. What does that mean? As it is known that when we say Sim Shalom, Toivo of Racha, Sim Shalom is the drawing down. The whole Shabbat Nesrei says there's 18 brachas. 18 brachas are like the vertebrae, the vertebrae and the spine. There's 18 vertebrae, 18 chulias of the Shedra. Okay? Shmon Esrei is like, it says, the spine. And, 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 and through Shmon Esrei, we're like drawing down bracha. What are we drawing down? When a man, when a person is being mashpia, is giving life, davening is a form of union between the worlds and God. Between the Shechina and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. it's a form of union. So it really is. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a physical union. And in the, and 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 we're drawing down in the eighteen brachas. We're drawing down from God's mind, so to speak, Damshacha, all the way down. And then by when you get to Sim Shalom, which is the last bracha, that's like the actual transmission where the man is being mashpia to the woman. And that's called shalom. Shalom is yesod. Because that makes peace between the higher worlds and the lower worlds. Total unification. Unification between man and woman, between male and female, between God and the world, between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shechina. That all happens by sim shalom. It's when the hamshacha of the tipa, the drop, the concentrated drop of all the blessings of the world are all contained. Chayim, chayim, v'chesed, v'rachmim. It's all there in that seminal drop that is drawn down by sim shalom. That's the final drawing where the bracha comes down. Into where? Into Malchus, into the Shechina. That's why once you have Yesod, Sim Shalom is related to Yesod, what comes after there? You say, Hashem Hashem ke Rachel Because what did we say earlier? Yesod draws from the Keser, from the crown. So again, you can evoke the 13 attributes of mercy. After Sim Shalom. And what do you do at this point also? Since there was a hamshacha of a drop, so now there's pregnancy. Malchus, the Shechina, becomes pregnant. She received that hamshacha. That's why we say afterwards Ashrei. And after Ashrei, we say Lam Natseach. What's Lam Natseach? Yamcha Hashem B'yoyim Tzara. May God answer you in the day of your trouble. Why? It says that there are 70 words in that Mizmar. And that Mizmar, Lamatseach, Yan Hashem Biyom Tsara, is associated with is associated with 70, 70 cries that the woman has when she's giving birth. The Zohar talks about 70 cries that a woman gives as she's, as she's going through labor pains. It's discussed that before Mashiach comes, there are 70 years of labor pains. And we say these Lam Natseach, we say Lam Natseach with 70 because it's supposed to save us from Hevle Mashiach. The birthing of Mashiach should be, should be, should be easy. Supposed to counter the Chevli Mashiach, the birth pains. But when do we say it? After Sim Shalom. Because until Sim Shalom, she's not pregnant yet. 
in Sim Shalom is like the spine of the Mashpia, is drawing the bracha down to Malchus. Yesoid was Mashpia to Malchus. Now she conceived. And now we just need that whatever she conceived, she should give, be able to give birth to it. All the blessings that she received should be able to materialize and open up in the world. It should be birth. Sometimes the birthing experience is very difficult. So every day we say after Ashrei, a special tefillah that the birthing of that day should go without complications. That Malchus, the Shechina, should give birth to all that hashpa that she received without any complications. That's why it could be the reason why the previous Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, was precisely the one who instituted, he writes, that on a day that we don't say Tachnun, We should st- we, which in which not everybody does this, but in the Nusach Chabad, the Nusach Hari, a day that you don't say Tachnun, you also don't say Lamatzeach. Some Nusach say Lamatzeach, but the Minog Chabad is that whenever you don't say Tachnun, you don't say Lamatzeach. But he said, even though you're not saying Lamatzeach, you should still say it after davening, as part of Tehillim, because he instituted the asked that you should say Tehillim every day after davening. But he said that 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 he instituted a takana that even on Shabbos when you don't say lam natzeach you say it after davening you say kapitel chaf every day. And he said he 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 mamish indicated that he got this from above when he when he when he said that he he clearly said that he received this instructions from above that this is important. So first of all, it's related to the the, free, the previous rebbe. Chaf is twenty, but yeah, but the, but the idea that he gave that 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 parak and tehillim lamatzeach with the seventy. So the year that the previous rebbe instituted, I'm not sure exactly which year it was, but we know that it's referring to the last seventy years of exile. Uh, he passed away in 1950, and now we're already in 2016. So we're almost up. To the, but he, he instituted this actually earlier, about 70 years ago. It's, it's interesting how it's 70 years, these 70 years of Golas. But the other thing is he just said, Yosef is the one who, who, who brings, who makes Malchus pregnant. And if a husband makes a woman pregnant, then, then he needs to make sure that she has an easy birth. You know, he feels bad if she becomes pregnant from him, and then she's suffering horrible birth pangs. Being that he is the Friedrich Rebbe, according to the attributes, Hasidic attributes, he's the sixth Rebbe, and his name is Yosef, and he's very much related to the attribute of Yesod. So he's the one who's Mamshech, the light of Mashiach, into the world, and he gives it to Malchus, to the recipient. Therefore, he is the one who institutes that you should say, Lam Matzeach. Um, it's interesting, based on what we're learning now, just like in every day that Tzemach Tzedek says. You say lam natzeach, so that the birth should go without much suffering. So it makes interesting sense that that's what he means over here. That the previous Rebbe, who's the, who's the one who's mashpia, this hashpa, wants to make sure, he brings the giula down into this world, but now it needs to be born. Now it has to be. And then, and he forgives all sins. When we say the second time, the 13 attributes of mercy, and that's what it means, he kisses his daughters, 
Because it says Lavan kisses his sons, kissed his daughters as well. What I don't understand is that over here it's mashma that the kiss that Lavan gives to his children is related to the related to Yosef. But earlier in the Mimer he said that it's related that the kiss that Lavan blesses kisses his children is related to the Yisrusa the Leela, the arousal from above that happens before the Avoda, which is connected to Avram. Not to Yosef. So I'm not exactly sure. But anyways, he says over here, the kiss to the daughters is an amazing thing that it's after we finish our avoda, after we complete it, and we have the Yisarusa Deliela from above, he kisses the daughters means even the animal soul, which is called one of the daughters. Because Hashem, the Nisham is not called just a daughter. The Nisham is called Hashem's wife. As in Shira Shirim it says, Kesheshana ben Achoychem, like a rose amongst the thorns, Cain Reyasi, my bride, Ben Habanois amongst the other girls. So our animal soul, which comes from the Klippa, is called the daughters. But Lavan, the empowerment that Lavan gives us is so strong that we have the ability to even rectify the animal soul. And that's the idea. Now he says, just like it is in everyday davening, you have the 13 attributes before Kriya Shema and the 13 attributes after Kriya Shema. One before and one after. Same as in the beginning of every year. The 13 attributes in the month of Elo, that's, that's the Lavan that's related to Avram. 13 attributes of the month of Elo. And then you have the 13 attributes revealing itself on Yom Kippur. Two sets of 13 attributes. Because Lavan comes before and Lavan comes after everything is completed. So you have Lavan, meaning the arousal, let's get this back to this. Lavan represents an arousal from above that's unrelated to our work. Yet, it appears two times, before we start and after we finish everything. So on Yom Kippur, it reveals itself, especially by Ne'ilah. We keep on repeating again, 13 attributes again and again. And in Elul as well, we know as soon as Elul begins, the 13 attributes are there. So one of them is love on Vayashkim, love on Baboyker, love on uh, coming in the morning, waking up in the morning. That's before we begin everything. And the other one is after our Avodah. The last piece I'm not going to learn now. I didn't understand it that well, but it's okay. It's an inyan onto its own. This is this fascinating mimer. I, I'm still going to have to play around a lot with this idea. There's something over here very powerful. This whole, what? It's a little complicated, yeah. For those who like Kabbalah, this is uh, this is enjoyable. Who Lavan? He's not. That's the crazy thing, that precisely the highest things, when they come down in this world and they collapse, they become the most evil of evil. So down here he was a real bad guy, but he had in him, the reason why he was so powerful, because he had within him a spark of something very high. And that spark expresses itself in a corrupted, perverted way in his wickedness. 